Regardless of where you work, you have a personal brand. I really believe in the philosophy of creating assets that go with you wherever you go. I think the big mistake a lot of people make with social media is they look at it like it's just a marketing platform where it's like this one-way street. I think as someone who is wanting to use social media for business in a smart way, I think it's important to think about how can you bring value? How can you be helpful? Over the course of time, what happens when you put out good content that's valuable, that answers people's questions, that's inspiring or funny or informative, and that's the difference between attracting business versus chasing leads. That's the voice of Katie Lance, a prominent social media expert. After a successful 10-year run with Cutco Vector, Katie got into a career in marketing, branding, and social media strategy, ultimately founding her own company, Katie Lance Consulting. In striving to stay on top of the social media wave, Katie has developed her expertise in these areas, and she shares actionable ideas in this content-rich conversation. Everyone who's listening has a personal brand, and that's something you will always own. Social media is the greatest tool for building your brand, attracting business, and extending your influence. And Katie Lance can show you how to do this. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I am reconnecting with an old friend today. Her name is Katie Lance, once known as Katie Graham back when she was in Cutco, which started back in 1995. Katie was a college All-American sales rep with the company while she was in college. She was a three-time branch manager. She actually was one of the early people to go branch in Hawaii one of those times, and that was pretty exciting. Katie became a district manager for a while with Cutco Vector and uh, was also in a senior field sales manager role in sales, one of these sort of original CSPs or Cutco sales professionals from back in that time. After leaving the company, Katie went through various roles that were involving marketing and branding and social media strategy. We'll talk about some of those things today. This eventually led her to start her own company called Katie Lance Consulting, which she runs to this day. She's also an international keynote speaker, and she's the author of Hashtag Get Social Smart. And Katie specializes in speaking about social media, 
tech trends, video marketing, and content strategy. That gives us a lot of interesting things to talk about today that will pertain to this audience. And so, Katie Lance, thank you so much for making time for the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. It's really exciting to be back and to, to be chatting with you. Yes, exactly. We, we go way back to 1995, and we worked very closely here in the, the California part of Cutco Vector and you know, knew each other real well during that time. And so it's great to be reconnecting here. Let's take it back to when you worked in Cutco and tell us a little bit about how you got started. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I feel like chatting with you, it's a little bit like a, a little bit of a family reunion <laughs> here. Um, <Indeed>. Yes. <laughs> so I started back in 1995. I was a student at Cal State Long Beach and I saw a little ad in the newspaper and I thought, well, that looks interesting and uh, called it up, went in for an interview. And I guess the rest they say is history and worked with, uh, with Vector in, in the Long Beach office for quite some time. And as you said, worked my way up. I was very motivated to get to half. I remember that uh, early on. It was like, well, that's the way to do it. And funny enough, I mean, I was a college student in Long Beach, but my family and where I grew up was up in the Bay Area, which is really where you and I connected. And so mm -hmm. I just have so many memories of coming home at Thanksgiving break or Christmas break and, you know, trying to sell my tail off and <laughs> book as many appointments. And you were always like my, my Bay Area connection to uh, order forms and whatnot. <laughs> and yeah, worked, you know, worked my way through college, as you said, and, and uh, was fortunate to get an All-American. That was a big, big goal of mine and worked my way up as an assistant, multiple branch manager, district manager. And, you know, I often tell people it was by far one of the best experiences. I mean, it really shaped who I am today. And I, I still, I think about my vector experience all the time and where I am today and my professional life, it has so many roots from back in the day. And as I said, before we, we went live, I feel like it just happened, but you know, as I do the math, 1995 was not just a few years ago. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, no, it's such, such an amazing experience. Yeah, that's great. I know you have your own podcast and it was uh, yeah, episode two, I believe, where you <laughs> yes. talked about all the things you learned from Vector Cutco and how that shaped you into who you are today. That was really cool. We'll, we'll put a link to that in our show notes for this so that people can listen to that if they want as well. And it was Steve Kroll when you started, was your original manager, right? Yeah. Yep. I was on the dream team. <laughs> yep, Steve Kroll. Shout out to Steve. Shout out to Steve. Yeah. I mean, Steve was a huge, uh, a huge mentor to me and just, uh, you know, bigger than life. And I was like, whatever that guy's doing, I'm going to follow. <laughs> and just, he led such a great organization, such a great team. And, you know, it's amazing. I, I look at some of my dearest friends to this day. I really met through Steve, through you, through, through my, through my vector connections. Those are some of my closest, dearest, oldest friends, you know, which is a uh, pretty awesome to say. It really is. It's cool how often people who worked in Cutco 15, 20, 25 years ago say exactly that. And uh, it really says something about the family environment that we, we create here. Tell us about some of the experiences you had that stand out and some of the lessons that came out of those experiences. Well, lots, yeah, lots of experiences. You know, it's funny when, um, you know, when you and I were kind of emailing back and forth to talk about this episode, I was started really kind of thinking about my time at, at Vector and it's like, gosh, I, I, I feel like I'm dating myself, but that was, you know, it was a time really before email, <laughs> before social media. I mean, I just, I just remember that whole, that whole evolution. And I think so many of my memories with, with Cutco are just really kind of the, so many of the, the building block 
basics of communication. And I remember early on thinking, well, I, I need a job for experience. You know, I really wanted to get that experience. And it's, that's exactly, that's exactly what I got. And it was the, just the, the life experiences of what that's like to be able to, to go into someone's home, you know, and, and, uh, and present yourself and build rapport and build those relationships and build someone's trust and pick up the phone and, and reach out to someone you don't know. And, uh, to be able to do a professional sales presentation, I, I look back and go, gosh, I don't even know if I appreciated at the time what I was learning, how to ask mm. for referrals, how to ask for an order, how to, how to close, how to be a salesperson, but not in the cheesy, annoying <laughs> salesperson way. And obviously things have changed with technology and things are, you know, in, in some ways probably a little bit easier because of technology, but those principles, those are like tried and true principles. And I just think back to Sony, the, the customers that I met along the way. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. Really, really. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I like the fun trips I got to go on. Those were always fun too. <laughs> trips are always great yeah i like what you said about just the basics of communication and being able to learn those things early on in life because obviously that pertains to everything that we do uh you know no matter what we get into what about your time as a branch and a district manager you ran you ran three branches right i did i was was, i'm gonna do it again (laughs) it was twice in california once in hawaii yeah, twice in Southern California, and then I don't think of the order. It was wild, now. but yes, twice in Southern California and once in Hawaii. Yeah, where was, was, where was the Hawaii branch? In Honolulu. Oh, okay. In Honolulu, yeah, and uh, that was, I believe, in '99 when I branched in Hawaii, and uh, that was definitely an experience. I remember thinking to myself, like, when else could I do this? Like, when else in my life? You know, I was single. I was in college. You know, like, what a great opportunity to, to go to Hawaii and run an office for a summer. Like you know, okay, I'll do that. No problem. And, uh, that was an, that was an amazing experience. And I mean, I remember <laughs> flying to Hawaii with the other branch manager, Kareem Eltawanzi was the, the other branch that summer. And JP Arley was, uh, you know, the division manager at the time who flew over with us and helped us find an office. And, you know, I remember buying a, a car. I was like, I need a car, but I was only here for a summer. So I bought like a $500, like, Use Dotson. I remember it had like duct tape on the window. <laughs> it was just enough to like get from my little vacation rental that I was running to the office each day. I remember parking far enough away where my reps wouldn't like see my car. <laughs> I was a little embarrassed about that, but yeah, it was such an amazing experience to be able to say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm running my own branch office." And I, you know, I, again, I just remember the the folks that I met that those summers and that that experience of like building something from nothing you know it's just such an such an incredible thing and to be honest with you that's probably where the entrepreneurial bug stuck i mean i know i can tell you for certain that that experience really set the bar for everything i did after vector i mean mm. even when i was you know working in a corporate environment i still treated those jobs as if i was my own boss as if i was probably to a detriment, you know, because I wasn't always able to turn that off button off, you know, as, as kind of a, sometimes entrepreneurs have that struggle, but it led me to where I am today, that, that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. So it's really cool to look back and reminisce about that. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about getting, you know, getting the entrepreneurial bug from those <laughs> experiences. And that probably informed a lot of how you operated in the interim when you're in a, you know, an employee role for a few years. I learned a long time ago that we should always view ourselves as as the president of our own personal services corporation. 
And if you are an employee, right, you're the president of you yourself incorporated and you're giving your services out to this company that you're working with, but you should always view yourself as being personally responsible. And I think that that mentality can help people in employee situations for sure. And then for a lot of people like you and others, you realize that, you know, that's not where I want to be as an employee. I want to be the person responsible for everything my own self. So yeah, um, absolutely. And it's, it's scary as well because you're, you're taking that, that risk, you know, there's, there's no guarantees in life, but no, I agree. I, I think you take that, you take that kind of personal responsibility and regardless of where you work, you all, you know, you have a personal brand, you know, you, especially nowadays, everybody's got a brand, <laughs> but you do. I mean, you know, it's, it's who you are. And, you know, I remember when, when my kids were born, this might sound crazy, but I actually bought domains for their names when we renew them every year. And, you know, who knows, they may do, they, they may do nothing with those professionally later on in life, but you know, I really kind of realized that like, gosh, that's, that's an important thing. Your name goes with you wherever you go. So wherever you are in life, just to be able to have that and, and use that, you know, professionally down the road, they're, they're still young. <laughs> I don't even know if they realize they have their domains, but you know, just to be able to, to think about that. And uh, just, I think it's an important thing to think about. So it, yeah, I think that's critical. And I, I definitely want to circle back to this as we go through today, because I feel that that's the one thing that everybody owns is their name, their brand, who they are, and being able to build that image of who you are while you're working someplace else, wherever you are. I think that's important and it can become increasingly more important you know, for somebody that gets into business for themselves and starts their own company as you have. So I think that's critical. I love you sharing about, you know, flying to Hawaii and having to get a car and a place to live. And it's a, it's so funny when you think about how our business has evolved. I don't even know how much of this you're aware of, but if somebody branches in Hawaii in 2021 and they're from Southern California or wherever they're from, they don't even have to go to Hawaii. They don't ever have to go to Hawaii. They can't, they, no, they don't even ever have to go there, right? We recruit virtually. We train virtually. We do all the development virtually. Wow. It's nice to be there to be able to like meet the reps as they're developing in the business and you know start to dig in with the top people, especially. Yeah. But the branch that won the Silver Cup this year branched in Marin County, and he was not even in California the whole summer. Even though he's from here, he wasn't in wow. California, and you know, recruited and built his team and That's did incredible. awesome. So. Yeah, with well, all and the I think that, that, that's such an incredible testament to what you can do with technology. I mean, obviously, it's not the same as being in person, but it's there's so much that you can do to build rapport, build relationships. That's amazing. I absolutely love that. That gets me fired up. And I still say fired up all the time, <laughs> which I think originally came, I'm pretty sure it came from some sort of vector conference. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. We, we all talk about that. <laughs> Well, tell us about uh, the period of your career after Vector. I'd like to hear a little bit about the bridge between Vector and what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I worked with Vector for about, about really about eight years between college and, and assisting and branching and being a district manager. And I have to say, you know, I remember sort of making that transition and it was a little bit of a transition. You know, I had been sort of self-employed, independent contractor, you know, physician, and just, you know, just like a lot of people, it was just sort of the right time in my life to make that transition. I think we all feel with certain pieces of our life, we sometimes we get that little feeling in our gut, like what's next, right? What's that next thing? And 
So, you know, kind of made the leap into actually really the, the real estate world. So I was employed by a local real estate brokerage here in the San Francisco Bay area, really knew nothing about real estate, but I remember thinking, wow, like this, this industry is very similar to Cutco and to Vector, this whole, you know, if you think about realtors, they are for the most part independent contractors. They are working with a large organization, whatever their franchise is, but you know, they're small business owners, right? Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, wow, there's a lot of parallels here. And so started working uh, for them for a number of years, was their marketing director and was really being, you know, able to bring so much of my like marketing and sales experience to, uh, to the table. That was right kind of at the beginning of where Facebook became a thing for businesses. I remember this. It was like, wait, this isn't just for college kids. <laughs> you know, people started blogging. It was sort of the early days of social media. And that's really kind of where I got my feet wet when it came to, to social media and marketing. I remember thinking, gosh, this is what an amazing opportunity. You mean we could do social media marketing and not have to spend thousands of dollars on newspaper ads, you know, or, or thousands of dollars. Not that that stuff doesn't work because I, I do think that there's definitely a place still for traditional marketing. It still works really well, but so worked there for a number of years and then got that kind of feeling again of, gosh, maybe there's something, you know, what, what might be that next step? And then uh, took on a position working for Inman News, which I always say, you know, in the real estate space, Inman is kind of like the Wall Street Journal, but for real estate. <laughs> mm -hmm. So they're a great media company. They're based here in the Bay Area and was hired to work with them as their social media director and really kind of worked, worked my way up and started doing a ton of speaking and uh, built their social, social platforms. And, uh, you know, just was an amazing experience. Got to meet, you know, all different kinds of folks, especially in the real estate space. And I guess at the risk of sounding corny, I really fell in love with the, with the real estate industry. You know, I'm, I'm not a realtor, but I really love being able to kind of bring my expertise of marketing and sales and creativity and serve an industry that I think is so important, you know, like housing is, is like a fundamental thing for, for obviously everybody. And I love that when, you know, people buy or sell a house, I mean, for most people, it's one of the biggest moments of their life. For a lot of people, it's right up there with getting married or having kids. And so to, to be a part of that, I think is, is really, really cool. Yeah. And you did a lot of speaking during this time as well, both nationally and internationally. I did. Yeah. And I did, I started doing a ton of speaking and I had always enjoyed speaking. And I think a big part of that was from my time with Vector. You know, people would always say, gosh, how can you get in front of a room? And, you know, with, with all the interviews we would do in person and all the trainings. And it's one of the things that, with my Vector experience that I, I always really enjoyed. I was always like, yeah, I'm one of the crazy people. I guess I just, I don't mind it. I enjoy it. I wasn't, you know, I never really got really nervous. It was just, and I remember when I left Vector, I was like, gosh, I really hope that I can use some of that in the future. And it's funny that they say you kind of manifest things. And I just remember thinking that one day I would love to do that, you know, whatever that looks like. I remember, you know, thinking like Tony Robbins and, you know, that would be so cool that, you know, Jim Rohn and like all these, you know, folks that I had admired over the years. And so, um, yeah, to be able to get that opportunity with, with Inman was great because I had been doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff with social media marketing. And then to be able to get on stage and not just, and to be able to teach, you know, to teach what I'm doing, which is really amazing. So mm. I, I will say during this time right now, the kind of the crazy year we're in right now, I do miss the live stage. There's nothing like being in front of a room full of people. And uh, to me, it's not about, oh, I'm on stage. Look at me. It's more of just that, that energy you get when you're in a room full of people and to be able to, you know, to have someone come up to you at, at the end of an event and go, gosh, I never thought about it that way. Stuff like that. You know, it's, it's really, really rewarding. So yeah, that's cool. 
these days, anybody <laughs> with vector experience can leverage their speaking skills by producing videos and video content. Yes. Right? I'm sure yes. that's a, something you could tell us more about probably as we continue here. Oh, absolutely. Um, so what, what led you to start your own consultancy? When I left Inman, I was kind of at a point in my life where I was trying trying to kind of figure out what, what, what was that next piece. And I actually started interviewing in a few different places. And I had a few people reach out to me and say, you know, have you ever thought about going out on your own? And I was like, oh, no. You know, I, I, I kind of felt like, oh, that entrepreneurial stuff. I had done that. I had done that in my past. You know, I'd done that with Vector. And, you know, now it's like fast forward. I'm married. I have kids. Like, I got to be quote unquote responsible. <laughs> and as I started just, to be honest, doing a lot of soul searching, I was like, you know, maybe I don't want to just work for one company. Maybe I want the opportunity to work with a lot of people and help a lot of people. And talk to my husband about it. He's like, yeah, you should totally do it. It's like, okay. <laughs> and so, I mean, honestly, I think the hardest part was just making the decision, you know, and I think for a lot of people, sometimes it's just like, the worst part to be is in that waiting place where you're like, I don't know, I could do it. I could not, do, you know, and then, but once you make a decision, it's so much, so much easier. So yeah, took the leap. And, you know, I think I was able to do it in, in a way that made sense. And uh, Inman ended up being one of my first clients, uh, which was great. And, you know, I was really able to kind of work with them on their transition. I, I, I'm a big believer that like, it's a small world, right? Don't burn bridges. You never know. I mean, look at us. We're talking, you know, how many years later, you know, it's just, it's a small world. So yeah, I really, really took that, took that leap. And October 1st, 2012, I was in business. <laughs> hey, so eight years ago, uh, just passed. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Just celebrated. <laughs> what were some of the challenges to overcome initially in starting your own business? I think initially, I knew when I wanted when I went on my own, I knew that I wanted to specialize in social media. I knew that that was my talent. I feel like we're all kind of given talents, and I felt like you know what I'm. I knew I wanted to help businesses, help companies, especially in the real estate space, since that's kind of where I, I became known for. But I would say <laughs> the other big challenge was just trying not to like overcommit myself. And trying not to say yes to everything, which I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, we tend to say yes. It's like, say yes, figure it out later, right? Fake mm -hmm. it till you make it. Like, I'm like the queen of that. <laughs> I got it, right? And then, you know, I think over time you realize, gosh, maybe I don't want to do X, Y, and Z. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's okay to say no, right? And I think part of that is just at the beginning stages of an entrepreneur, you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure out like what's your sweet spot. So I don't necessarily have any regrets, but I think that was probably a, you know, a little bit of a struggle of figuring out where is your sweet spot? Where do you want to, where do you want to be? And things have evolved. You know, when I first started our company, I was primarily doing consulting and that's shifted. That's sort of evolved. I still do consulting, but it's actually a fairly a smaller part of our business now. Now I'm doing a lot more online. We've got an online academy and training. And so just, it's interesting how things shift you know, and, and how things, how things evolve. So I think you've got to be open to that also. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's cool to hear. So you specialize in social media and content strategy and, uh, your book you wrote is called get social smart. Tell us what it, uh, it means to get social smart in this day and age. Well, the book was really kind of inspired by just really this idea of like, I don't think social media I don't think it's the end all and be all. I mean, I love it. It's, it's the business I'm in, but I also don't think it's like the silver bullet. You know, it, it doesn't replace this. It doesn't, re I mean, even though you and I have kept in touch over the years on Facebook, there's still nothing like 
talking <laughs> right face to face or virtually face to face and so i really think that you know there's a lot of value in having a strategy having a plan i think what happens a lot of times with, with social media is it becomes this big time suck you know it becomes this thing we do in between moments of our day we're standing in line at starbucks or you know we're just like in our backyard and we mindlessly pick up our phone and start scrolling and then all of a sudden right an hour's gone by and we're like that was a waste of time you know and so I just really believe that, especially if you're going to use it professionally, whether you're in real estate or anyone, especially anyone listening, you know, who's, who's, uh, you know, with Cutco or Vector, I think there's a, a big value in being smart with your time, being really intentional with what you're doing. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't think it's the end all and be all, uh, but just being, being smarter with your time. Mm -hmm. So that's really what we think about it. And I also think too, and I mentioned this to you before we went live is that again, as much as I love social media, social media is rented ground. We don't, we don't own it, right? So I really believe in the philosophy of creating assets that go with you wherever you go. Things like video content, podcast content, like what we're doing here, blog content, building your email database. Those are things that regardless of what happens with Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you're on, those are, those are yours, right? You mm -hmm. own those. And those are assets that you build your, your library of, of assets that you know, makes, makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, uh, unpack that a little bit for us. Like, what are some of the things that people should be doing to be able to build their presence? You know, I think the big mistake a lot of people make with social media is they they look at it like like it's just a marketing platform where it's like this one way street of like, hey, call me today. Are you looking for this? I could help you. You know, and I would say for most of us, when we go on social media, we want to see our friends and family, and if we happen to see an ad here and there, we're okay with that. But if if our feed just started turning into nothing but ads, we would all leave, right? So mm -hmm. I, I think as someone who is wanting to use social media for business in a smart way, I think it's important to think about how can you bring value? You know, um, how can you be helpful? And if we think about our own social media use, you know, when we post something, you and I post a selfie or maybe you post a picture of our kids or something, nine times out of 10, a lot of us, we look back a few minutes or a few hours later to see who liked it. Who commented? Did someone share it? And I often say- You mean I'm not the only one that does that? <laughs> exactly. No, you're not. <laughs> we all do it, right? And a like is one thing. A comment is a whole other thing. But a share? A share is like the ultimate currency in social media, right? So how do you get someone to share your content? Well, nine times out of 10, they're not going to share your sales pitch, but they're going to share something really valuable something that inspired them, something that made them laugh, something that maybe was poignant or something really informative. And so that's kind of one of the things we talk a lot about is, is, you know, in your own industry, whatever industry you're in, what are the questions you get asked all the time? How can you be of value? And then that kind of unpacking that and creating content, whether it's video content, podcast content, that that's valuable, you know? And what happens when you do this over the course of time and you do so consistently, that's the, that's the other key thing is because as you know, this consistency, which I learned of course, from my days with Vector, it's like consistency counts. Anybody can go out and, you know, have a grand day, but do it again, <laughs> do it again. Right. Right. And so that consistency is what it's all about. And over the course of time, what happens when you put out good content, that's valuable, that answers people's questions, that that's inspiring or, or funny or informative you will start to hear things like, I see you everywhere. I feel like I know you. I feel like you're in my head. And those kind of people, when they're ready to work with you, they're ready to work with you. They know you, right? They're calling you. And that's the difference between attracting business versus chasing leads. Mm, that was awesome distinction right there at the end, attracting business 
versus chasing leads. And so what, what I'm hearing is that on whatever platforms we use, we should be thinking about putting things there that aren't just our pictures of our kids and those things, which are good, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but also things that are adding value to the audience, things that somebody might read and go, hey, that, I didn't think about that. That's pretty cool, right? Or they might learn something from, or they might want to share with others because it was so compelling. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I, I think it's coming from this place of, of value and you have to have a long-term vision. You know, you can't expect to just like create a video, put it out there and hope, you know, Oh great. I'm going to get a bunch of new leads today. Or I'm going to get a bunch of new customers. Like you just have to have that sort of long-term philosophy. And it, it truly is the difference between a, attracting business and, and chasing leads. And I, I mean, that's how we've been running our business for, for quite some time. And I can tell you from experience, it's a, it's a pretty awesome way of, of doing business because what happens is you start getting people who reach out to you and then it's up to you to decide if you want to work with them, <laughs> like if they're a good fit. And it just takes so much of the, that beginning stage out. When, you know, when, when you're at the beginning of a sales call, it's like, who are you? And you're trying to prove who you are. And, and if you can kind of cut some of that short in the sense of like, people already trust you because they've seen you, you know? or you look familiar, that familiarity, I think is, is really such a, such a powerful thing. Mm. And how about the different social media platforms? Is there anything you could say to differentiate those in, in the minds of the listeners? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different platforms, obviously, you know, Facebook is like the bread and butter, you know, that's been around probably the longest and who knows, you know, I'm sure I don't imagine Facebook going away, but you never know. <laughs> you never know with everything going on in the world. I think what you need to look at is two things. So number one, where do you like spending your time? Like, where do you enjoy? Is it, is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? LinkedIn's a great platform. LinkedIn is one of the only professional, if not the only professional social media platform. Is it Twitter? Is it, is it Pinterest? Is it TikTok? I think that's number one. Where do you like spending time? Where do you enjoy? And number two, which is almost as important, if not more important, is where are your customers hanging out, right? Mm -hmm. So you might love TikTok and it's super fun, but like, where's your ideal prospect actually hanging out? I think TikTok's really fun, but my ideal customer is not hanging out on TikTok. Mine personally are on Facebook and Instagram. So that's for me, that's where I spend the majority of my time. And, and I would say, if, you, if you're not sure, this is a great opportunity to, if you do have an email database, to send an email to your database and say, you know, hey, we're working on our social media strategy. We would love to try to serve you better you know, in the new year. We're just curious. Where are you hanging out? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, none of the above. That's okay. <laughs> and just get a sense of, of, of where people are at. I think whatever platform you choose to be on, though, I think it's really important that it's not just you broadcasting, right? So content's important. Relevant content is important, but I also think it's really important to be intentional about taking time. And I do this to this day. I do this every day. I take 10 or 15 minutes every morning and I do something called Focus 5, which actually now that I'm saying this out loud, I think I got that idea from Vector <laughs> back in the day. And for me, Focus 5 is I'm going to scroll through my feed, pick at least five people that I can intentionally connect with, not just be a drive-by liker. I'll just jump in and like five things and then leave. But actually take a few minutes to say like, wow, damn, that's a great podcast. You know, I'd love to get more information about it. Or, wow, Susie, that's a great picture. Where did you take that? Like actually leave a meaningful comment, have a meaningful interaction with people. So regardless of platform, I think there's two pieces of social media. It's content, it's attracting business versus chasing leads like we talked about, but it's also like that relationship building piece of it that builds that know, like, and trust and relatability factor. Hmm. 
that was really good. I, I like that. I like the Focus Five. That was, I believe, Focus Five was like a recruiting contest that Vector had, <laughs> and I turned it into a rep contest that was based on selling five hundred bucks a week. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty office. sure. As I said this out loud, I was like, ago. I think that came from Vector. <laughs> <laughs> yes, See? it definitely did. It definitely did. Well, and I remember back in the day, I'm like, okay, I'll just make five calls. Like, I remember it's like that'll get get, get me over my phone fear, <laughs> you know, my phonophobia, and. Uh, but, you know, when you break things down, I think sometimes in general, things can feel really daunting. Like, oh my gosh, I'm launching a podcast, launching a video. I've la- you know, it's like, just break it down into a manageable piece. And I would also say too, like, it's important to have a plan, but it's also important to just do it. Like, I think that's another big lesson I learned from Cutco and Vector. Like, don't suffer from analysis paralysis. Like, you may not have the perfect plan in place and all your ducks are not in a row, but just do it, you know? And I tried to, when I started our company, I didn't even have a website. I was like, let's just do it. <laughs> and, you know, you, you make mistakes along the way. And sometimes that's how you learn, you know? Yeah. So if someone's a young vector manager, you know, they don't know if they're going to be here for a career forever, or if they're going to, you know, if this is going to be a chapter in their life, what's something that you would recommend that they be doing to be, you know, really begin this process? I mean, I would say a couple things. I mean, I would say just make the most of your time, like soak up as much as possible, you know, make the most of this, of this experience, like pick the brains of all the amazing people that work at Vector. I think that's one of the things I've always loved is just like the caliber of people who work for Vector and just, just soak that up, you know, say yes to those opportunities to, to do things, to maybe go outside your comfort zone a little bit. And then I would also say, you know, kind of back to what I was saying earlier, you know, use this also as an opportunity to, to build your own personal brand. If you don't have your own domain, look to see if that's available, you know, own your own name at a minimum and realize that even though you're, you're with Vector, you still have your own, your own brand. Right, your own personal brand, and that will go with you wherever you go. Whether you, you know, stay long term with Vector or you choose to take the next chapter, whatever that might be. So, yeah, I just would encourage you to 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 think about that. And I would also say too that it's not enough just to have like a URL, right? It's like okay, that's that's the easy thing. We could just go online, pay ten bucks. The the other piece of it is, is there an opportunity for you to start telling your story? to be helpful. And maybe it won't turn into anything. I started my podcast a year ago. And to be honest with you, part of it, of course, was for business. But the other part of it was, you know, I wanted a place to be able to tell some of my stories. And if anything, I wanted a place where my kids one day when they grow up, if they want to listen to some of the stories of, you know, what my college experience was like, and you sold knives in college, what was that like? All those stories. I wanted a place for my kids to uh, have some of that. So I just think we're, we're leaving this digital legacy. And we're leaving these little digital breadcrumbs over the, over the years. And if you think about, you know, your kids, your grandkids, they're going to know more about us than we ever knew. So I would, you know, to your original question, Dan, if if I was a manager right now, like I said, soak up everything that you can, but also think about, is there an opportunity to, to tell your story, to build your own brand side by side? You know, I, I think that's such a valuable thing. And somebody could simply be cataloging a lot of the things that they teach to others, putting them into writing, starting a blog, right? It it doesn't even have to be their own personal webpage if somebody doesn't want to take the time to do that. But even something as simple as starting a blog is an easy way of, of doing that. LinkedIn offers the articles that you can, I was just going to say that. Yes. LinkedIn is a great place for them. Yeah. And, And it's particularly if people are cataloging things they're teaching their, their team, things they're teaching their sales reps or their organization, you know, LinkedIn is a good spot for that because it's business content, right? Absolutely. So. It's, it's perfect for that. And I know there's a, 
there's a paid version of LinkedIn, but you don't need that. I mean, at least for what we're talking about right here. Yeah, I, I love the, the blog function of LinkedIn. I feel like that's like the most underutilized piece of LinkedIn. It's absolutely great for that. And also what's great about blogging on LinkedIn is when you create a blog post on LinkedIn, that stays on your profile. So for anyone kind of, you know, checking out, you know, what what's a vector? Who's this manager? Like that, it just lends to that little like, level of credibility. But it's also a piece of content that you can share out elsewhere. You know, you can share a link to your LinkedIn blog post over on Facebook or Twitter or any social media platform. So I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. And how would you suggest that the average person goes about building an email database? Good question. <laughs> so I do think, I mean, I do think email is important because it's one thing for someone to like you on Facebook or follow you on Twitter. It's a whole nother thing for someone to opt in and say, yes, please send me more email, <laughs> you know, but email marketing is still, I think one of the, still one of the most effective, you know, sales techniques. It's also one of the best ways to, to stay in touch with people. So I say, keep it simple, you know, to build an email list. First of all, I would highly recommend never buy email lists. Like, don't be that person. We don't want to be spammers. You know, there's a lot of great tools that, are, that will allow you to do email marketing very effectively and that will allow you to, uh, you know, make sure you're following all the spam laws, things like that. But I would say start with who you have. You know, when I started our email list, which is now in the tens of thousands, I mean, it started with like 12 people <laughs> and it was like the contacts I had on my phone. And that's, that's where you can start. You know, you can start with who you have your friends, your family, your colleagues, you could simply send them an email and say, Hey, we're starting a, uh, a weekly email newsletter. That's one of the things I did. I said, you know, I'm going to start a weekly email newsletter where I send out some valuable tips and helpful information. If that's helpful for you, if you'd like to be a part of that, great. You don't have to do anything. If you don't want to be a part of it, no hard feelings. I won't add you to the list. <laughs> and we started from there. And then as far as building the list, a lot of times when you, if you listen to some of the content we do, like video content, podcast content, periodically we'll say, Hey, you know, if you enjoyed this and you'd like more information, make sure you sign up for our email list, you know, and that's, our, that's an easy kind of call to action at the end of uh, a piece of content. And I, I think for the most part, people are fine with that. If you're providing really good value, people sort of expect not necessarily a sales pitch. I'm not going to necessarily do a pitch at the end of a, a video or podcast, but I might say, yeah, if you, if you enjoyed this, if you like my style, if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my email newsletter. So I think those are a few things. And then there's some other sort of advanced techniques. A lot of times we will create really valuable things like checklists or, you know, white papers, or, you know, as you start to create content, you might be able to take some of that content and put that into a really valuable PDF, you know, and say, Hey, look, if you would like my checklist of the 20 big mistakes that every vector manager makes, send me your email, you know, or something like that. So a little bit more of an advanced technique, but I think when you come from a place again of providing value and then making sure you follow up in a, in a way that, that makes sense, make it easy for people to unsubscribe if they don't want to get your email, that's okay. But yeah, building an email list, I think is, is super valuable. On a social media side, you can also take that email list. You can target, if you're doing any kind of Facebook ads, you can, you know, run Facebook ads to people who are already on your email list. And so that's a whole other conversation. We could, we could do a whole other podcast about that one. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. Well, your expertise in this area is so much greater than mine. I want to give you an opportunity if there's anything you feel like I haven't asked you about that you'd want to share, just anything else that you feel would be relevant to the audience, uh, feel free to share. Yeah, I love this conversation. I mean, I, I just... I would just encourage anyone who's listening, you know, whether you are, you know, a sales rep and you just got started, or maybe you've been a manager for quite some time, or maybe you're not in the vector space. Like I said, I mean, there's, there's just so many, I think, great opportunities within, within vector soak it all up. I mean, I, I still remember from back in the day, you know, everyone's saying, just follow the program. And 
I don't know if you still say that, but I, I would still, <laughs> I would echo that <laughs> many decades later, you know, and what's exciting is between now, you know, then when I was, you know, had first started with Vector till now, obviously all the technology and everything that's, that's evolved. And now we have even a greater opportunity to connect with people. I would just encourage people to really think, I think long-term, you know, I think sometimes when I, I talk to salespeople and managers, it's like, they want the result right now. You know, I want the lead right now, I want the sale right now. And just remember, like relationships are built with small, tiny interactions over the course of time. Every like, every comment, every share, every email, like it, it all adds up. So be patient. You know, it takes time. It takes time to get known. It takes time to to build a community. But if you, you know, when I talked about earlier, this idea of attracting business versus chasing leads, if that resonated with you, you're like, I like that. Just know that you can do that. Anyone can do that. It just takes a little bit of time, right? It's a marathon, not a sprint. So just would encourage anyone listening to start thinking about, you know, creating their own content. What expertise do you have? What do you bring to the table? What are questions you get asked all the time? What are, you know, what are you passionate about? Start there. And uh, there's lots of cool things that can happen when you do that. Yeah, exactly. Well, when, when you talked about following the program in terms of vector, I think that also applies to trying to learn anything that somebody else is really good at, right? Like you have a model for what you're doing that people can follow and can learn from. If people in our audience want to follow you, uh, what are some of the best ways that they can keep up with you? Yeah, really the best way is just just for my website. So if you go to katielance.com, if you're listening to the podcast, it's K-A-T-I-E-L-A-N-C-E.com. And when you said my maiden name earlier, I was like, I should probably look up katiegram.com. I should, I should secure that. So you got me thinking <laughs> about that. But katielance.com, that's the best way to find me. We have hundreds of free resources and we do specialize in real estate, but I've had so many people over the years tell me that, gosh, a lot of the tips we share are relevant to just about anybody. So would definitely encourage you to check that out. If you're a podcast listener, would love for you to listen to our podcast. We talk a, a little bit about uh, social media, but that's also kind of my place to kind of take people behind the scenes into our business and what it's like to work with our, my husband and, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, either one of those would be great. And of course, social media, I'm at Katie Lance basically everywhere yeah. <laughs> on social media. So if you're listening to this, I would love to connect with you, you know, reach out, take a screenshot of the podcast you're listening to tag me, tag Dan, <laughs> let us know you listened. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, the, the theme of the podcast, uh, Katie, is changing lives. And just to wrap this up, as you look into your future, how, how do you aspire to change people's lives through what you're doing? It's a big question. I love what I do. I also know that in the grand, grand scheme of things, you know, I don't know if social media can, can change someone's life. But I think what I really am trying to do is just try to show that, you know, you you can do what you want to do in life. You know, we, we are only given one life to lead and you got to be true to that and you can be true to yourself. You know, I often say in a lot of my trainings, I'll say like, lean into who you are and who you're not. And what that means is you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, <laughs> you know, and that's okay as well. And so I, I hope that I can lead by example hopefully be a great example for our family and our community. And when it comes to, to social media, hopefully we can, we can be a, I don't want to be corny, but hopefully be a little bit of a, of a guiding force in, in the sense of what to do, what not to do, you know, because I do think there's a lot of noise out there. And I think that there's a way to kind of cut through that noise and, and be intentional. And what's really cool is to be able to see people who've been successful using some of the, some of the strategies that we've, we've been able to put together. There's, 
nothing like that, you know, and I know you've experienced that over the years when people come back to you and they're like, you said to do this and I did it. And then this happened. And like, that's just the best thing. So we hope to do, we hope to do more of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this subject is only going to get more and more important as time goes on. And it's great to see you as a positive example out there for other people. And, and uh, I know what you're doing is great. So um, Thank you. it's been awesome having you on the podcast today. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Dan. It's been so great to reconnect. I so appreciate it. All right. Katie Lance, everyone. I love this subject that we covered today because I feel like it's really actionable for anyone, regardless of what career or role you are in right now. Just this idea of uh, building your personal brand, building your digital legacy. Obviously enjoyed hearing Katie's Cutco story, learning the basics of communication. She said something there, which was she didn't even know if she could appreciate at the time what she was learning. And it just reminded me of a concept that I've always shared with people that's called the circles of knowledge. And the idea of the circles of knowledge is that there's a lot of things that we don't even know we know that are like instinct and, you know, part of the genetic code. And there's things that we know we know that's like our body of known knowledge. There's things we know we don't know, which are things we're aware of, at least that we want to learn. But there's also a whole sphere of stuff that is what we don't even know we don't know. And it's important to realize that is the largest circle of knowledge. It's more massive than all the rest of them put together. And that over time, when we put ourselves into any learning environment, we become aware when we're observing people who are successful, we become aware of the things that they're doing, of things we can learn. And then we can ultimately learn those things and implement them. And after implementing them for years and years and years consistently, they become a part of who we are. They become internalized and they almost move into that, you know, smallest inner circle of knowledge. So I just want to encourage you to be drinking up your learning opportunities, uh, regardless of whether you're in vector or out of vector. Katie said, regardless of where you work, you have a personal brand. How can you build that? How can you be of value to people around you? How can you uh, be helpful to people around you? How can you share helpful information through your social media? I love the concept of attracting business versus chasing leads, right? When you're putting yourself out in the world in ways that show you're a person of value, it attracts business to you versus chasing leads. If you want to learn more about this as it's directly related to selling Cutco, if you're a Cutco sales rep, the best episode we've put out that directly relates to this is Mike Dowd, episode number 75. Be sure to check that out if you are a Cutco sales rep and you want to learn more about the idea of attracting business through your social media presence. Of course, it takes consistency. It's important to think long-term. And I love the concept Katie shared of building your digital legacy, right? What's out there in space that your kids can look at down the road that will help them learn more about you, how you think and how you operated. Hey, in the spirit of Katie Lance, I got a call to action for all of you. Number one, if you like the episode today, share it. Share the podcast with two or three people who you feel like could get something out of it. Send them the link directly. Share it on your social media. Also want to say, please rate the podcast, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. This takes about three seconds. You can do it right now. 
And if you're so inspired to write a short review, it could be a few words, it could be a sentence, it could be a paragraph. That'll only take you a moment as well. Please do that as it really helps increase the exposure of the podcast. And last is uh, sign up to get free resources from me and from a lot of our guests on the changinglivespodcast.com webpage. There is a space where you can subscribe to our email list. I email very sporadically, and when I do it, usually is of high value. And so please sign up for that and take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, Of course, that's free. Thanks so much for your support. Hope you enjoyed getting to know Katie Lance. Follow her on social media. And I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.